From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. Governor Mike Dunleavy held an end-of-session press conference Thursday. He touched on topics ranging from the budget, school bond debt reimbursement, the permanent fund dividend, and other issues addressed by the legislature and his administration. This is what the governor said about the process regarding the $3,200 permanent fund dividend that was approved by the legislature. There was a couple days where we had a $5,200 potential check that was going to go to the people of Alaska. Part of it was a dividend, part of it was, quote, an energy offset. Then, uh, you know, we were looking at the potential of a statutory PFD, which was in the neighborhood of $4,200. And in the end, uh, the legislature agreed upon and settled uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of $3,200. The city and borough of Juneau is hopeful for $16 million in school bond debt reimbursement. The governor said this about that possibility. School bond debt uh, reimbursement was reduced when we had a $1.6 billion deficit. Right now, we don't have a $1.6 billion deficit. And then in that backdrop, that's how we're going to view all of these items. And, and we're going to take a look at that over the next uh, couple of weeks. So uh, we're going to take a look at everything. We're going to scrutinize everything. And um, we're going to make some decisions that we believe are in the best interest of Alaska. The governor also said his office will be reviewing all bills that have passed out of the legislature this session. Bills that were passed, we're going to take a look at those bills. A lot of bills were kind of combined at the end of the session like we normally do uh, uh, in this process as time is running out. There's a hectic attempt to try and get things across what they say is the finish line. So we'll take a look at those bills to see what bills uh, made it across uh, and if those bills are good for Alaska. Uh, are, are, are structurally sound and um, are, is something that we believe that the people of Alaska would embrace. So we'll take a look at that. In other matters, Dunleavy highlighted the work done by the legislature on the issue of sex crimes. Specifically, in reference to Representative Sarah Rasmussen's House Bill 325, which passed both bodies, Dunleavy said his administration is working to help victims. We're going to continue to to develop systems and approaches that will minimize uh, as much as we possibly can uh, domestic violence, sexual assault. Nobody should live in fear in the state of Alaska. This is another pox in our house. We've talked about this. This is another stat that we should not be proud of that for some reason over time became baked into our, our who we are, that it just happens. And we reject that. We reject that. Deputy Attorney General John Skidmore spoke to the specifics hammered out in the legislation. Some of the major accomplishments that happened as it relates to crime legislation really involves the area of sexual assault and consent. If I were to tell you that right now today in Alaska, if somebody says, no, I don't want to engage in that sex act, that's not a crime. It takes more than that to be a crime today in the laws that Alaska has in place. But last night, Alaska took a gargantuan step forward in updating our laws. Skidmore said the legislative action brings Alaska into alliance with federal agencies and those who study the issue in depth. Skidmore said the unanimous nature of the votes in the legislature were important. When the bills finally hit the floor, first in the Senate, 20 to nothing. Everyone agreed this should be done. And when it went to the House, 38 to nothing. Everyone agreed this should be done. That was major. It was huge. It means that both parties must say yes. It also included a provision called rape by fraud, 
It means that you cannot impersonate a person known to the victim in order to obtain consent from them. You can't trick somebody else into having sex and for that to be okay. The issue of consent has been an issue close to the heart of the Department of Law, according to Skidmore. Sex assault kits will now be processed faster due to the passing of the bill. Geo Representative Andy Story spoke on Action Line regarding her vote on the permanent fund dividend amount. The legislature had failed to access the constitutional budget reserve, which would have provided an additional $650 to the $3,200 figure. The vote failed 29 to 11. Representative Story said she wanted to address desires to save the oil revenue windfall. I have had many um, people contact me in our district asking us in this time of a windfall to save some of the money. Um, Because we know as we go forward, um, and I think Senator Hoffman, who also voted to not access the CBR, kind of he was quoted as saying, you know, we've been working from feast or famine, and we really want to get to a point where Alaskans can sort of count on the number. He's hoping for the 2,550, you know, the 50-50 that we've been talking about, Mm -hmm. stabilizing that, and by keeping um, more in our savings and going forward. She added her thoughts regarding keeping the permanent fund stable. We had $83 billion. It's down to $79 billion based on the investment funds. And we, two-thirds of our revenues for our next year's budget, which starts in, we're starting planning soon in July, uh, comes from the permanent fund and the percent of market value. And so, you know, we want to be protective of that because that is two-thirds of our revenue in planning. And so it's like, it's trying to, these decisions are so tough um, and it's trying to make sure that we don't dive down, you know, next year uh, in services or permanent fund and we try and keep it uh, more, I think, more of a number that people can count on and it's not uh, this up and down. Juneau Representative Andy Story commenting on Action Line. The city and borough of Juneau is considering a ballot proposition to construct a new city hall in downtown. The proposed site is at 450 Whittier Street. City staff have been seeking public input on conceptual drawings, renderings, and cost estimates. A public forum webinar was held yesterday. The city's engineering and public works director, Katie Kester, hosted the meeting. Why do we need a new city hall? Why are we even talking about uh, city hall? And, you know, we use the word new city hall because we're looking at building a new city hall and a new site. But really, we need some TLC for the existing city hall. The current facility is over 70 years old. It's a converted fire hall, which is why there are no windows in assembly chambers. And it needs a lot of maintenance. Um, You know, it needs about twelve and a half million dollars to be invested into it to get another 25 years out of it. Kester said city offices could be consolidated by having a central city hall. Currently, city offices are spread between five buildings downtown, four of which uh, CBJ rents. I'm talking to you now from Marine View, which is actually primarily an apartment building. So vacating these offices would uh, free up 20 apartments in downtown Juneau for uh, for space. And we're spending about $820,000 a year on rent. A new city hall would be a cost-saving measure in the long run as well, Kester said.
So when you take the, uh, the capital costs that we need to invest in our new city hall, the rent that we're paying every year, it really makes uh, fiscal sense for the city to own its, own its city hall and its office space. Kester said that many concerns were taken into consideration regarding site selection. Pre-pandemic, there was a lot of uh, public dialogue about the downtown transit center. And what, what we wanted to do with this approach was cast a really wide net um, on how the public uses City Hall, how they engage with their local government um, in site selection and, and structure our matrix and our criteria for site selection around what the public values. And so we got about 1,300 responses Um you know, obviously it was self-selected, so you had to kind of care enough to respond. Um, but these are the criteria that the public prioritize. Long service life, adequate parking, high energy efficiency. Those were the top three items. You know, people were pretty supportive of uh, not renting space and, and kind of understand uh, what that what that means for the city. Kester added that many sites were considered before focusing on 450 Whittier really hopeful that we would be able to purchase an existing building and remodel it, just being a very kind of efficient and green thing to do. Um, A lot of facilities have been purchased over the last couple of years. And and as you know, uh, the city moves relatively slowly. 410 Willoughby and 400 Willoughby are two buildings that were high on our list that uh, Central Council recently purchased. Bill Ray Center was also a really good candidate that we did a, a thorough uh, review of. Um, Gold Bell Building also reached out to those, uh, those owners. For more information on the project and links, find the story under the news tab of KINYradio.com. Deputy City Manager Robert Barr spoke on the KINY Morning Show about the city manager's decision list in the budget. A pair of local nonprofits received support, Barr said. They had a couple of... Uh of uh, decisions on their uh, decision list that they haven't made last week that they made uh, yesterday evening. And one of those was funding for the Juno Community Foundation. Um, so they ended up funding them $500,000 more than last year. So a healthy increase. Uh, and they also funded two grants to AEYC. AEYC is the Association for the Education of Young Children. Uh, one of those grants is just for their general operations and the other one is for the Parent and Teachers Program. They didn't make that parents as teacher program grant contingent uh, upon them receiving other grants that may that may substitute for city money. And Barr noted this about the flat mill rate. The final decision that they made, you already noted, the hardest one of them all was the mill rate, um, and they voted to keep that flat at 10.56. This year, um, assessments went out during the budget process, so we already know that that will generate more revenue um, because everything is inflating right now, um, and house prices are, are one of those things. Meanwhile, COVID numbers are on the rise in Juneau, according to Barr, but there is an upside when it comes to severe cases of the disease. Unfortunately, um, there's kind of two two sides to this to this particular story. The unfortunate side is that our there, our numbers are increasing, so there's no real question about that. Um, we have a lot of a lot of COVID around town right now. The fortunate side, um, if you if you want to frame it that way is that uh, we're not seeing nearly as much um, severe disease. We're not seeing nearly as much hospital impact as we would have earlier in the pandemic with the sort of numbers that we're seeing right now, if that makes sense. The Alaska Department of Environmental Conservation are reminding boaters that it is illegal to discharge untreated sewage anywhere in the state's waters. 
The reminder for both recreational and commercial boaters states that it is illegal to discharge untreated sewage anywhere in the state's fresh waters or the marine waters within three miles of Alaska's shores. They said that includes dumping buckets, leaning over the rail, as well as bypassing the holding tanks of an onboard toilet, whether in a harbor, at anchor, on the fishing grounds, or well underway. Discharging sewage with less than primary treatment can result in penalties of up to $2,000. The U.S. Senate has whisked a $40 billion package of military, economic, and food aid for Ukraine and U.S. allies to final congressional approval. NATO membership is also figuring large in the issue. ABC's Alex Prochet reports, President Biden welcomed the leaders of Sweden and Finland to the White House Thursday to discuss their historic bid to join NATO. All three leaders called for a swift acceptance of the applications, even as Turkey's President Erdogan announced his country will oppose both Finland and Sweden joining the alliance. The two nations formally submitted their applications on Wednesday as Russia's invasion of Ukraine moved into its fourth month. Alex Prochet, ABC News, Washington. A California man was sentenced by U.S. District Judge Timothy Burgess to 25 years in prison, followed by 10 years of supervised release for possession of meth with intent to distribute, attempted distribution of meth and cocaine, maintaining a place for drug purposes, and illegally possessing firearms. According to court documents, Antoine Leopold Davis, a.k.a. Shorty, 49, trafficked large amounts of meth, heroin, cocaine, and crack cocaine to Alaska through the U.S. mail and distributed an anchorage in the Anchorage area during 2017 and 2018. He was convicted by a federal jury in May of last year. A traffic stop in Wasilla led to a man eluding troopers by vehicle and foot after it was found he had an active arrest warrant. On Wednesday, a trooper on routine patrol attempted a traffic stop on a vehicle for an equipment violation as well as recognizing the driver, Daniel Bear Rogers, 39 years old of Wasilla, as having an active arrest warrant. Rogers failed to yield and led the trooper on a vehicle pursuit before stopping his vehicle and fleeing on foot. A wildlife trooper helicopter provided overhead surveillance, while trooper canines Blitz and Lenox responded to the scene and began canvassing the area. K-9 Blitz located Rogers hiding in the woods. However, upon seeing troopers, Rogers attempted to flee again. K-9 Blitz was deployed and apprehended Rogers on the arm. He was arrested and transported to Matsu Regional Hospital where he was treated for the dog bite and later remanded to Matsu pretrial on the charges of felony failed to yield, reckless driving, violating conditions of release on the original charge of failed to yield, and DUI. A man was rescued off a fishing vessel Tuesday after his spouse had reported a sudden stop in his texting and him last communicating that there was troubles with the amount of oxygen on board. At about 9.38 in the evening Monday, personnel at the Sector Anchorage Command Center received a request for assistance from the 68-year-old crew member's wife who reported that her husband has had suddenly stopped texting her after stating he was in trouble due to the lack of oxygen on board the vessel. Coast Guard said they made multiple attempts to communicate with the vessel but were unsuccessful. The air crew arrived on scene at midnight and found the crew member was having trouble breathing and had no access to oxygen. Communications on scene were reportedly found to be severely degraded. A Coast Guard air station Kodiak air crew medically evacuated the crew member from the fishing vessel on Tuesday. The helicopter air crew 
hoisted and transported the patient to commercial services in Cordova for further medical care. The Juneau Police Department is undertaking a project to upgrade its radio infrastructure, and the department's chief said the project will span a number of years. Over the years, we've had uh, our radio infrastructure in place for all of our frequency throughout the borough. And we, we knew all along that there are some areas that are not so good when it comes to transmission. Chief Ed Mercer spoke on Action Line about the $12 million project, which recently got a kickstart after the Assembly approved $500,000 towards it. Our current system would outdate itself, and that's what we found. I mean, from my understanding, you know, the current system came end of life on 2014. It's a very expensive endeavor. I mean, we, we were looking at about 12, uh, upward of $12 million for for this project. What we did is we moved forward with uh, using a grant funding to do a radio study and through the radio study it analyzed our current system and analyzed what we pretty much need and there was a proposal as far as here's what you're going to need to be moved forward. Mercer said they will be taking on the total project figure a step at a time. I think we tiered it to try to absorb that significant cost and, and put it in there f- over a period of time. So splitting up that $12 million. It is, yeah. It's yeah. not at one. I mean, that, that's quite, a, quite, a, uh, quite daunting to me when I think about that amount of money, you know, as far as putting in a radio infrastructure system that is going to last us for 20 years. So, but uh, it'll be built over a period of time. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.